Hi, I'm Megan Baker, and this is Influence Her, hosted and produced by Baker Public Relations. Libby Post has broken barriers as a longtime advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. She is our next guest on Influence Her. Thank you so much for joining us, especially for Pride Month. Oh, it's great to be here, and Pride Month is, I think it should be Pride Year all year long, but Pride Month will take the whole month of June and celebrate who we are and never go back into the closet. Libby, I've gotten to know you as a communications professional. You started your business in 1984. What mm -hmm. was that like? It was interesting. Uh, the woman I was in business with then and I started this ostensibly to provide good-looking good graphics for the progressive community. Mm -hmm. Because I, when I would go home and I'd walk through Grand Central and then Penn Station, you know, people would give me stuff from the right wing, because they were really organizing back then, and, and it always looked good, and our, and our stuff never did. So we did it for that, and I, I know that when I started doing the lesbian and gay political mm -hmm. work, I'd be on TV one day and I'd lose a client the next. I know that that was happening, and it is what it is. Um, you know, 40 years later, 20 years, whatever it's been, 1984, whatever the math is, you know, um, you know, it's um, it's different now. Mm -hmm. People are much more accepting. There's, you know, the the more that people come out, the more um, business is inclusive. I mean, we see this. What's happening with Disney and DeSantis? Mm -hmm. You know, he's DeSantis has made the wrong bargain here. Um, businesses overall, they now want the HRC uh, Equality Index to say that they're good, mm -hmm. that they're good employers, and so it's. I've watched this change. It's been a real sea change in business. Let's talk about your community involvement, mm -hmm. specifically with the LGBTQ plus community. Um, you were the founding chair, starting back in 1991, of mm -hmm. Empire State Pride Agenda. Right. What was that like, that experience, and what did that teach you? Well, that experience was, uh, we merged two organizations. I was the co-chair of the New York State Lesbian and Gay Lobby, which was based in upstate, based in Albany. Jim Perry, the late Jim Perry, mm -hmm. was the legislative director with me. Um, we knew the lobbying, we knew the politics, but we really couldn't raise the money. Then there was this group called FairPAC, Friends and Advocates of Individual Rights Political Action Committee, that was formed in New York City specifically to change the face of the New York City Council in order to get the ordinance passed down there. They did that and then they didn't know what to do. So we started having conversations and we merged and that's where the Pride Agenda came from. Okay. And so it was really interesting because here I am, you know, radical lesbian feminist and dealing with the guys on Fire Island. So it was really, <laughs> I mean, when I would go there, I was like, whoa, this is a, like another world. Um, but we knew the politics, we could get stuff done and it all worked together until the Pride Agenda closed its doors a few mm -hmm. years back. And it was really... I found that to be one of the most devastating actions for our community, um, the closing of the Pride Agenda. They had just done a big awards dinner, mm -hmm. a gala, all the founding folks got honored, we were in New York, blah, 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 and then a month and a half later, I looked at my phone, I was at a Christmas party, and I saw mm -hmm. this press release saying they were closing, and, and I called. And, and other people who were with me at the beginning called and they were like, no, no, we've made this decision. And I'm like, you just don't give up an infrastructure like that. Mm -hmm. You have to keep it going. And so now there's the new Pride Agenda, 
right, um, which is focused mostly on uh, trans issues mm -hmm. and other LGBT issues. And I wish them luck. I saw folks last night at a fundraiser, and I wish them a lot of luck and the work that they're doing. But I'm not in, engaged in that. Um, I've moved on to mm -hmm. other stuff. Um, you know, we have a tendency to eat our young in the LGBT community. Yeah. It can be, be pretty rough and tumble. And now I work with puppies and kittens, and I'm much happier. <laughs> Can't blame me, I guess, right? right? I'd rather work with animals, yeah. too, <laughs> sometimes than people. Right. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. What has been your proudest achievement um, on behalf of the LGBTQ plus community? Wow. I guess you could say... There's, I guess you could say uh, saving what is now the Pride Center and was the Capital District Gay and Lesbian Community Center. Uh, in 99, I was asked to come back on the board as vice president, and then the person who was president immediately resigned, and I became president. And I rebuilt the board and brought on people who understood what the role is of mm -hmm. a board member, which basically is to raise money. And we were able to save the organization. Um, and I think that, that I was there for four years, and I think that that was really one of the best things I've done. And then on a personal note, I was also, years later, the president of my synagogue. And mm -hmm. when I got up to do the first Yom Kippur appeal, which is what presidents mm -hmm. do, basically asking Irving to write a check, um, I said a lot of things have changed because, again, it was one of those sea changes at my synagogue. And, you know, blah, 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 things have changed. And one of those things is, is that Lynn and I are going to stand underneath the chuppah over here in a couple of weeks um, and get married there. And the place broke out in applause. And that, for me, was like one of the most heartening, loving experiences I had ever had. And then we got married there. And, you know, I had the nice Jewish wedding my mother always wanted me to have. <laughs> you know, too bad she wasn't around to see it. But I know that, you know, she and my dad were, were happy. What um, what are the challenges that the LGBTQ plus community face today? Well, it's really the hate uh, towards the transgender community. I mean, that's really the mm -hmm. biggest challenge. Um, marriage, I do not think, will be overturned like uh, Roe was. Mm -hmm. um, there's just too much financial intertwining to have to take all of that apart. And there is the, f the 14th Amendment, and mm -hmm. so that would make it difficult. Um, and I think people would take to the streets, just like they did with, with Roe. Um, but the transgender community is now the target. There is over 450 anti-LGBT bills that have been introduced across the country. 120 of them are just targeting the trans community. People don't get it. People don't understand it. That's fine. You can educate yourself, but you can't tell somebody else what's in their heart. Mm -hmm. You just can't. And how they feel about who they are. And so, you know, if folks want to transition, that's their right to do that. And but people, the hate is now really focused there. And and I think we'll see. Look, the the hate was focused on the lesbian and gay community for a really long time. Mm -hmm. AIDS, you know, right. wanting yeah. our rights, all mm -hmm. of that sort of stuff. I mean, I, you know, we've been through that war. And I think over time, as more people get to know transgender people, realize they're just like your neighbors. Mm -hmm. They're you know, they're no different than you or I are, um, that things will even out. 
But we have we live in a country that's bifurcated right now, yeah. and you know we can thank Donald Trump for that. I put lay everything squarely at his feet. Um, I'm really happy about yesterday's verdict with Gene Carroll mm. um, that he he was found guilty of sexual assault. Um, but he he let loose the ugly underbelly of our country. He gave them permission to speak out before they were living under a rock. Libby, let me ask you this. You mentioned education mm -hmm. um, as far as one way to, you know, really learn um, what that other, another person's like, right? To, to educate yourself. How do you suggest people do that? Go to programs. Read a book. Don't let anybody ban a book in a library. I'm running for a library board now on those issues. Um, you know, educate yourself. Watch programming that's on TV and on, on the web. Go to the organizations' websites that are positive. Mm -hmm. You know, there's trans rights organizations, there's the LGBT organizations, there's the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force, there's the Human Rights Campaign, there's the Victory Fund, there's all kinds of organizations. Locally, there are groups, there are people that you can talk to, that you can reach out to, and you can have a one on one conversation with people to just figure things out for yourself. But reading, well, wow, reading's fundamental. It's yeah. fundamental to education. Read a book. Figure it out. Don't just hide in a hole. But there's plenty of resources. Try to understand the Try issues to understand. at heart. Right, and, and that these are people. Mm -hmm. These are people. They're not monsters. No one's trying to sexualize your children. Nobody's trying to recruit. I mean, we don't recruit. There's mm -hmm. some people that I'd like to take their gay card away, like George Santos. I'd love to take his gay card <laughs> away, right? You know, so... We don't do any of those horrible things that the radical Christian right is saying that we do. Mm -hmm. We just don't. And, um, and people need to get beyond that. But you need to educate yourself. You need to read. There's plenty of resources on the web. There are people that you can talk to. There's the Pride Center here. There's In Our Own Voices here in Albany. There are people to talk to. You mentioned, you know, talking about your work um, with animal mm -hmm. rights. Um, you do a lot of advocacy, a ton of, um, you know, electoral politics. Let's talk a little bit about um, that work that you're doing through your business, Communication Services. Well, actually, we spun off the, oh, great. the election stuff to a firm called Progressive Elections. Okay. Um, it's me and Sheila Healy, who I've done political work with, and we lobbied together, too, over the years. Um, our candidates, it's mostly local. Mm -hmm. I do judicial races, which I love to do because ostensibly they're not allowed to trash each other. Right? <laughs> judicial ethics. Keep it ethics, positive, right? Keep no mudslinging. Right. Talk about your vision for the court, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you have to be pro-choice and you have to be pro-LGBT rights for me to work, for us to work for you. When it comes to the judgeships, I don't ask them to make a statement because they can't. In New mm -hmm. York, they can't. But I talk to people about how they feel about these issues and personally how they feel. But the other candidates, I don't care if you're running for dog catcher because you're dog catcher one day, you're in the state Senate the next. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important um, for us to only feel those candidates that will support choice and support LGBT rights. And I also run uh, the Capital Women PAC, the Political mm -hmm. Action Committee, and we too, that we make endorsements and, um, and th those are the two big litmus tests there as well. And I will not shy away from it, and I will not apologize for it, because, look, 
this is my life. Mm-hmm. This is my life you're talking about. And it's the life, lives of women who are, you know, women are going to die now because of this, the Dobbs decision. It's just that simple. You know, forcing women who they know the fetus is dead to, to carry that baby to term. Do you know how dangerous yeah. that is for the, for the mom? They don't, they don't care. So we do that work. We get good people elected so that ultimately they move on and they do the right thing when they get to the state senate or the state assembly or wherever they're going to go. What does the next chapter look like for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, my partner would like You're me to retire. You're not slowing down, right? No. Um, and, uh, and as I told you before, I'm on Medicare now. So it's like that's opened <laughs> up like a whole bunch of cash, and, you know, because... You know what it's like mm-hmm. to pay for health insurance, Absolutely. right? And Absolutely. I was paying for my own, and it's not, not cheap. Um, but I don't want to retire um, anytime soon. I really love what I'm doing. I love the animal work, um, and I love the political work. And the animal work is I run an organization called the New York State Animal Protection Federation, and we represent all the animal shelters in the state. Mohawk Hudson, Animal Protective mm-hmm. in Glenville, all the way from Buffalo, all the way out, out east on Long Island. And we've done some incredible work. Um, there's a program in the budget called the Companion Animal Capital Fund, where we've gotten, uh, with this budget, it's an aggregate of $32 million since 2018 for capital projects at shelters. So that has changed the way the living situation for homeless companion animals at shelters across the state. We've had this money has helped kickstart capital campaigns where then shelters were able to raise five, seven million dollars, build new shelters um, or do new air handling or do new floors or new cat condos or new kennels or new operatory. Overall, this money has really been used to enhance the lives of homeless companion animals keep them healthy so that they can get adopted and be out of the shelters. Ultimately, we'd love the shelters to be empty, Mm -hmm. but I have to tell you that the work we've done around um, increasing awareness around uh, animal cruelty and animal Mm -hmm. crimes, many shelters across the state are filled with evidence, and it's live evidence. The cats, the dogs, the rabbits, sometimes it's farm animals at some of Mm -hmm. our shelters who are um, evidence in animal crimes cases. Very sad. It is sad. You know, I, um, I'm surprised you don't have more than two dogs yeah. now with the work that you do because that's, I'd want to save yeah. every yeah. pet that I We used to have five could. cats and we lost them by attrition and the deal was no more cats, we can get another dog. <laughs> So that's what we did. Well, Libby, I, um, you know, I appreciate you being a guest on Influence Her. It's been great speaking with you, yeah, um, you, hearing about the work that you do in the community. Thank you for all that you do on behalf of the LGBTQ plus community as well. So well, thanks for um, best of luck to you, you. And, uh, and hopefully we'll see you again very soon. Okay. Thank you. Great.